Welcome, Jim Crichton, Crichton AI. Uh, we're delighted to have you with us. Uh, you spoke with us last August, uh, six or seven months ago, and your theme was vision matters, um, but so does implementation. Take a moment to talk about Crichton AI and what it does and what, how it consults to the asset management world so that we can get some context for how you could argue that case. Um, sure. Well, Creighton AI is a firm that specializes in research using machine learning and very advanced uh, statistical techniques. And we essentially advise quantitative asset managers on expected returns at the individual security level and in portfolio construction. Um, now turn to the topic of last August. And my question has to be, um, uh, with no disrespect to you, Jim, it's pretty easy to talk about vision matters, but so does implementation uh, when you're not uh, necessarily expecting the kind of crisis that we've now been experiencing. And you're not in the middle of the kind of crisis that we're now experiencing. Uh, how does your proposition stand up in your mind today, uh, six months later than when you made that uh, presentation? Uh, sure. Well, to, to make the case, Graham, let me start by just summarizing what I said last August in Sydney at your conference. And uh, I would then, I'll, I'll, I'll then move it forward today, and I would make the case that uh, even more vehemently today that implementation uh, matters a lot. So what I said last August at, at the conference was essentially that if you have perfect vision, if you know exactly what's going to happen in the future, when you're structuring a portfolio, you, you should be willing to take very large individual positions, take a lot of risk uh, and have high turnover and so on because you know what's going to happen. If you have got no vision of the future, so you have zero uh, predictive accuracy, if you will, uh, you should do the opposite of all those things. You shouldn't be willing to take large active positions because you don't know what's going to happen. You should essentially stick to benchmark weights. Uh, you shouldn't trade a lot and so on. So there's, there's a clear link between your, your ability to see the future or make accurate predictions and how you should allocate risk across a portfolio. So in most cases, of course, you don't have zero vision or 100% vision, you're somewhere in between. And so the number of securities you should want to hold, the maximum weight you should be willing to take in a security, how aggressively you should be willing to trade are all functions of how good your predictive accuracy is. And, and again, just a quick review of what I said last August is that we use three different measures of predictive accuracy. Those three measures are the what we call the percent correct. Can you predict whether a stock will have positive or negative returns relative to the market? Uh, the Spearman correlation, so do you get the rank order right? Do you, is your top alpha your top, the, the, the stock that has the best re subsequent return and so on? Uh, but the most important measure is what we call the Pearson correlation, which correlates the uh, the future return of a stock against your predictive magnitude. 
So not only do you get the sign right, do you get the order right, but you get the magnitude more or less right. You can structure the best portfolios if you know something about the magnitude of future returns. And we showed last August that there was a very high correlation between your Pearson correlation measure of predictive accuracy and portfolio, future portfolio outcomes. So uh, every, and I showed some statistics in between portfolio performance in these various measures of accuracy. So what has happened in the interim? Well, what's happened over the last couple of months is that uh, starting in, um, in the latter part of February, uh, we had markets starting to come down because uh, of the growing awareness of the effect of the virus. Markets then crashed, and very quickly, central banks around the world, including the Fed uh, here in the U.S., uh, came in to markets to flood them with liquidity and assist businesses and so on. And so markets didn't stay down long at all. They turned rather quickly, and at least in the U.S., uh, but this is true in many other markets as well, uh, indices are, are almost back to the level that they were before the crash. So that's kind of saying companies are just as valuable now as they were with, before the coronavirus. Um, so it, it, it's hard to get it right through all of those very rapid phases. And just to remind people, back in 2008, to go through what happened was that we had months of a slowly deteriorating market, which then crashed with the collapse of Lehman in September 2008. It wasn't until the end of 2008 the Federal Reserve announced QE1, and it took another two and a half months for markets to stabilize and start back up. So what happened in 2008-2009 over many months has here happened over um, a, a relatively small number of weeks. So, and, and not only have things might happen much faster uh, than in 2008, 2009, but the liquidity that is flooded into markets is a multiple of what happened in 2009 and 2010. So this is, has been a very hard market for uh, making accurate predictions and making sure your portfolio construction is in line with your predictions. So uh, let me fast forward to, in, in a sense, what we have seen in our uh, consulting work or, or advisement work. Um, what we have seen when we look at our measures of prediction accuracy is that um, the, the ability to predict uh, on the negative or short side of a portfolio has actually declined and has declined in a, in a very measurable way. And that suggests that you should not be willing to take a, the same level of individual or stock specific risk in the short side. So the implication, if you go back to what I said in August, is that the maximum holding you should be willing to have in any individual position should be reduced because your prediction accuracy has gone down. So if you're willing to hold 2% or 2.5% in an individual's position before, uh, that should be reduced to maybe 1% depending on the decline in prediction accuracy. However, interestingly, on the long side, the prediction accuracy has not only not declined, but it has gotten a little better. And, it, it, and this is the flip side of what the central banks have done on the short side. They have tried to force markets and stocks up, and so stock companies that are doing well are doing even better, and the predictions have gotten a little easier. 
So just as on the short side, you should want to reduce the risk per position. On the long side, you should be willing to do the opposite. If, you're, if you know your prediction accuracy has increased, rather than having a maximum of 2.5% in the position, you might be willing now to go to 3 um, And all of this makes a lot of sense uh, if you think about what central banks are trying to do. Central banks are, when they flood a market with liquidity and start to support companies and they start buying junk bonds in the open market, all, all of these things have happened in the US over the last uh, few weeks. Um, they are trying to change investor behavior and the way markets operate and the way they behave. And if, Fed, if central banks are changing investor behavior, it becomes more difficult to predict. And, and that is certainly true on the short side where they are trying in a sense to juice up, if you will, uh, stocks that have been hammered in the market downdraft. And central banks were extremely successful in doing that in 2009, 2010, 2011. And they are being um, at least as successful again this time in this market rebound. So um, it, it, all of these actions that we advise are difficult to, uh, in a sense, understand and embrace if you don't understand the predictive accuracy underlying it. So I, I think given what's happened in markets over the last two months from mid-February until today, the uh, need to understand predictive accuracy and understand the link between that and how you optimally structure portfolios is, is even even more important than I would have made the case for last August. Um, what does that now then practically mean in terms of uh, implementation? You, you, you uh, have made the case, I understand, for uh, being more concerned about the short term and reducing exposures uh, and, and more willing for the longer term. Uh, is it as simple as that? What does it practically mean in terms of implementation when your initial statement was vision matters, but so does implementation? Um, it, 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 it's not as simple as that. Nothing ever is in the financial or investing world. Uh, what we have found is that in, in the world before pre-coronavirus, we would you know, look at our predictive accuracy maybe once a week once every other week. Um, uh, it didn't change very much over time. We um, rarely had to change any of our portfolio construction recommendations in terms of what I call parameter settings, how much you should be willing to take in an individual security and things like that. Uh, because the world was, well, it's not steady state. It, it's not changing that much. And investor behavior has been relatively consistent. However, uh, since the middle of February, all of that has changed. We uh, look in detail at our predictive accuracy across every country that we advise in on a daily basis. Um, we uh, do a lot of analysis of where predictions are working and where they're not working and why. We like to link that back to kind of what's going on in the macro world to make sure that it's, it's something that is sensible. Um, and the you know advising managers that they should reduce maximum positions on the short side or increase them on the long side uh, is is something we rarely do 
And now it's something we're just very comfortable with because of this underlying philosophy that you should be placing your bet or taking your investment risk, if you will, in areas that you understand and where you're making good investment uh, predictions. So uh, it, it's, it's changed a lot. The world has become a lot more dynamic uh, now than it was you know, at the beginning of this year even. Jim Crichton from Crichton AI. Uh, it's delightful to speak with you. I take the sunrise to mean that there is uh, hope on the other side and uh, also thank Longreach Alternatives for facilitating this. Uh, we know you consult to them as well. You'll, you'll notice in my background, Graham, that there's fog down below. And if you're in the fog, you're lost. But when you rise above that, it's all clear. <laughs> so hopefully that is where we're heading as in the investment world.